Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome. Thanks. All right. Hi. Hey, hey. Welcome to Book Squad Goals. We have a super uplifting episode today. Mm, my favorite. About Priscilla. I almost said Greta Gerwig's Priscilla. That would be a different thing. Yeah. And a, a different kind of movie. So we already Sophia, did Greta Gerwig, Gerwig, Gerwig this Gerwig. year. So. <laughs> Sophia Coppola's. Priscilla. Mm-hmm. We also have joining us today. Why am I? Why oh. is the girlfriend not introducing? Um, you're you the leader of the episode. Mm. Introduce your Please lovely girlfriend. Meet my mm. lover. <laughs> you, Baraguda. You may remember her from the Lost City episode. Oh, what long a, ago. What a good episode that was. That was a fun one. Similar quality. That was film, when I, I first think. started dating. Yeah, that was actually yeah, that sure. episode. Also directed me. by Sofia Coppola. <laughs> actually, fun fact: both of those movies were directed by Greta Gerwig, and you just didn't know it. Oh no! So. Yeah. Also, fun fact: that episode is what prompted me to ask Ange to be my girlfriend because I was like, "How should I introduce you on this podcast?" Whoa! Um, and you switch to lover, which is so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. So, <laughs> my girlfriend, I almost my partner, said Magna Farta. <laughs> and I was like, that's that is, not. That is my ex Twitter account. Yeah. And Slash, your drawing. I have an account. Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get on the thread before someone the takes threads. it. Anyway, mm. she's here. Anyhow, Kelly's lover. <laughs> and just here to talk about Priscilla. Susan is still having a rough time moving. I don't envy it. Um, her heat her is now out. Yeah. Well, hopefully they got the heat fixed. But yeah. Anyway, so uh, our ice breaker, Priscilla Presley, is in many ways a style icon. I couldn't stop thinking about how Lana Del Rey was probably quaking in a movie theater somewhere. 
You know, she was apparently supposed to have a song in the movie, but she was mm-hmm. like busy. Um, uh-huh. And I kept seeing people on Twitter saying, what? yeah, I kept seeing people on Twitter being like, what are you busy doing? Vaping? Yeah, coming to Brandon, <laughs> Mississippi talk. on tour. <laughs> and then you're thinking, where, where is Brandon, Mississippi? Exactly. Yeah. Middle of nowhere. Um, who is one of your favorite style icons from the wide world of fashion? I'm going to go first. It's Kelly. Um, I'm thinking <laughs> you were saying Kelly is my icon. Kelly. <laughs> it's me. The notorious Kelly. No. Um, I, this is Kelly, and I will be going first to answer the question. Um, and I am cheating because I'm going to say it's five people. It's oh, the Spice boy. Girls. Oh, my God. Hi. I was going to ask if you were going to say the Spice Girls. All of uh, them? All of them. They All, have all of them have their own. Bit. They all have their own unique. And I've, like, thought about this, especially when I was in college. I had a realization that, like, I have, like, several different types of looks that I like to dress up and in. And they're all Spice Girl And looks. they all oh, kind wow. of correspond to a different Spice Girl. Like, I like to do a sort of gothy, witchy look, and that's my posh coming out. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. I like to do, you know, a, a, a sexy look. look. That's my ginger coming out. I have a lot of, like... Legging- you're always wearing Union Jacks. Yeah, you know, <laughs> um, and platform boots. Um, but yeah, I just think that like as a as a whole, the Spice Girls are a style icon because they are so kind of individual in their styles. But when you think of the Spice Girls, like any of their looks are the Spice Girls. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, I think that was interesting. I think. No, I'm sorry. Either. Oh, just I was going to say it was very influential on me as a child. Yeah. Into this I was just going to. It's interesting because I think I, I was thinking about this um, question in sort of like a similar way. And yeah. like who was influential when I was younger? Because I think like now I'm like, I don't know that I have style anymore. I just like put some shit on. <laughs> Like, think I thought about it more when I was younger. Like, what mm-hmm. kind of style am I gonna have? And then, like, the older you get, you're just like, I don't know, those clothes look good. I'll just wear it, you know? Yeah. Like, but I think, like, when you're young, you're trying to like cultivate a look, and you look to people, and I don't know, maybe some people as adults still do that, but I think like a lot of adults are more just like, a, this is me, and this is what I like. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know at that point. Yeah. So really what I'm trying to say is like you build your style when you're a teenager and then you just kind of like grow it up a little bit, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't actually like change. Mm-hmm. All of this is to say, this is Emily. Um, I was thinking uh, the first name that came to mind was Shirley Manson because I was obsessed mm-hmm. with Shirley Manson growing up um, and I wanted to be her. I had red hair for a really long time. Uh, Ginger Spice was also my favorite spice. So like really wanted to have red hair don't really think it suits me but i um am obsessed with red hair um Mm -hmm. in general and yeah i just like love her clothes really like tried to copy her clothing and makeup when i was younger especially like when i was playing in bands and stuff like that i was like i want to be that girl you know in the band that was my vibe Mm -hmm. 
Um, I I was worried I could, wouldn't be able to think of one because I'm like I don't know if there's like specific people that I dress based off of, but there's someone who like every time I see their outfits, I really love it and like they have a lot of fun on the red carpet, but they also just like dress cool every day, and that's Tracy Ellis Ross. Like she's just yeah. and also she just has like an amazing personality, and I feel like. She's someone whose style is like definitely matches her personality, which is like Mm -hmm. she's a very fun, silly person, but she's also like very chic and like fashion forward. So there's Mm -hmm. like this kind of mix of like comfort, but also in like pops of color and silliness, but also like it's like chic, which is also a funny combination because appropriately for this episode she's like music royalty her dad Mm -hmm. is robert ellis and um he is like if you've ever seen videos of them together they're both like complete goofballs and like very silly and dorky and her mom is diana ross so of course yeah yeah that's a good one i honestly I wasn't even thinking about style icons I like to dress inspired by. I was just thinking about things I like. Yeah, and that's I, not the question. That's I, just how I interpreted it. The first yeah. person I ever saw doing any kind of like campaign or on TV that I thought, wow, that is very striking and weird and cool and fun is Grace Jones. I love Grace Jones. Good answer. Like she's has such a like a distinctive look. And sure. I think she has done a lot of fun projects over the years her music is also fun that's a great choice yeah i think she's someone too who like if you see that style anywhere else you're like you're doing grace jones you're doing grace jones yeah like when shay coulee was on the finale of rupaul's drag race season nine she she was giving grace jones uh let's get into this film this is what is on IMDb for this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. When teenage Priscilla Bolo, I heard her say this a million times in the book, and I, I Emily. Still <laughs> I mean, I don't know how to say it, but I feel like it's not that way. <laughs> <laughs> but Bolo, but Bolo, Bolo. I think Bolia. Because I kind of remember her saying it. Bolia? Her maiden name. Bolia, I think. (laughs) Meets Elvis Presley, the man who is already a meteoric rock and roll superstar, becomes someone entirely unexpected in private moments. That sentence doesn't really make sense. Wait, what? When teenager when teenage Priscilla meets Elvis Presley, the man who is already a meteoric Rock and roll superstar becomes someone entirely. Okay, that's just not a sentence. No, no. No. Okay, 
Yeah, it, it makes sense. Here, let's break it down. So basically what okay. it's saying is like when she meets him in person, the person that she he thought she was like this big superstar is like different when they're together privately. Yes. But like the 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 grammar of it. So the when grammar she, is when becomes she meets awkward. Her. So the man who is like, let's just take off the when she meets because that's the whatever. Um, the man who is already a meteoric rock and roll superstar becomes someone entirely different, entirely unexpected in private moments. That's a, that's uh, a okay. Yeah. When she meets him, yeah, he becomes this her man best. becomes yeah. someone Whoa. entirely. Okay, yeah. how many advanced degrees does it take to dissect this sentence? It's a bad, it's a bad sentence, it's a bad <laughs> sentence, but it is a complete sentence. He Elvis becomes a thrilling crush, an ally in loneliness. And a vulnerable best friend. Excuse me? All you need to know is that... Watch the first five minutes of the movie. Yes. (laughs) They watch the trailer. The the movie is based on the 1985 book Elvis and Me that Priscilla wrote with the help of a ghostwriter. Um... And Priscilla was also an executive producer on the film and has a writing credit. So that's what you need to know going in, I think, is like this is based on an account of Priscilla's relationship with Elvis by Priscilla from Mm -hmm. her perspective. We will spoil this movie. It is based on a book that came out in 1985 and real people who you've probably heard of but we're gonna spoil uh sofia coppola's interpretation of this and probably some things about the book and and things about the book also and i will say a content warning for more things in the book than the movie but also in the movie self-harm suicidal ideation a lot of drugs a lot of in the uh, movie and the book domestic violence and abuse domestic violence abuse emotional abuse all of those things pedophilia yeah inappropriate age gaps grooming grooming honestly the textbook definition of grooming yes mm-hmm. uh i will say so I have my intro corner before we get too deep in into this. I wanted to share before jumping headfirst into the movie, um, my own personal experience with Elvis. And I would like to hear where everyone else is coming from. When I was very young, like some of my earliest memories are my dad listening to Elvis and then my dad being Elvis for a couple of church fundraisers where he dressed up in the white jumpsuit, the pompadour wig and performed like a one night only concert. Wow. <laughs> but it wasn't one night only because he did it. It again. was like years later when he did it a second time. Uh, my, my grandmother made the jumpsuit. Wow. Which is fun. <laughs> the first time he did this, other members of the church dressed up as Elvis's entourage, like members of his band, his 
grandmother Dodger, Vernon, Priscilla, whatever. And this was very cool to me as a kid. And then when I was a teenager, I was a little embarrassed about it. People, my friends would be like, remember when your dad was Elvis? And then as an adult, it was fun again. Um, so my whole life, I've seen Elvis and therefore Priscilla through the lens of fandom. My dad was a straight up fan of Elvis. He didn't see Elvis as like a sort of questionable figure or someone with a lot of vices. He just saw the best version of Elvis. And so that is what I have been told about. I don't think my dad ever talked about why Priscilla and Elvis broke up to me, but I know that he would not think Elvis could do anything wrong and probably would try to pin it on Priscilla. I don't think I've said this on the podcast, but my dad died about a month ago and it is very timely to me that we're doing an episode about Priscilla so soon. I am sort of glad to not have to have the conversation (laughs) about this movie because I think he would have hated how it brought even a slight question into that perfect image of Elvis. Now, if you know anything about Elvis, you know, like, woof. My guy had some issues. But this is my background. Like, I think everyone has at least heard of Elvis, except Jacob Elordi, who played Elvis in the movie. (laughs) Um, I just want to clarify it, because it is a funny quote. So, basically, Jacob Elordi said that the first time he heard about Elvis was from Lilo and Stitch. I just want to clarify, like, I feel like this has been taken out of context because Jacob Elordi is a very young person and probably saw Lilo and Stitch at a very young age. So it probably makes sense that that was the first time he heard about Elvis. He didn't say that was the last time he heard about Elvis or that he didn't explore it any further. Right. Maybe he said it was the first time he heard about Elvis, which like, I mean, it was like, didn't he say it was like how he how he mostly was familiar with Elvis. But like, He's again, like he, he is young. And so like his, Why parents would you probably, be from Australia? his parents it's probably weren't scene. listening to Elvis, right? Because they're not of that generation. Like, why right. would he have any other connection to Elvis other than Lilo and Stitch? I feel like it's mm-hmm. kind of un- like, I laughed at it. I think it's, it's funny, but I think it's a little out of context, like considering like his, his generation and, just like what he would have been exposed to. Like his dad is younger than your dad, Mary. I'm guessing. Oh yeah. <laughs> he said, sure. and I quote, the most I knew of Elvis was in Lilo and Stitch, which is a lot, by the way. <laughs> His but quote. Again, like, even, so, I'm not saying, um, I think it's funny. I'm like, I'm whatever. sure he like I think prepared for this role. Oh Yeah. But I don't really blame him for that being sort of the biggest impression of Elvis. Like, it's also probably better to dad, go in and build like, it and have yeah. the, like, build up. Sorry, I don't, I don't know. No, no, it's okay. I don't know how old your dad is, Mary. I don't know if our parents are the same age or whatever. But, like, even my dad, like, so my dad and I went and saw the um, 
other Elvis movie, the other Elvis movie. Elvis. I feel like we have to talk about Baz Luhrmann's Elvis movie. Um, we went to see Spoilers that together. for Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> it's about Elvis. I think that's all I'm going to say. But, um, you know, after the movie, my dad was like, you know, like, when I was a kid growing up, like Elvis was like very uncool because like at that point he was like in his like Vegas era and we were all like, he's just kind of fat and not cool. Yeah. Like that was like his, his idea of Elvis was just like this fat old guy who just did like Vegas shows. My right? dad was born in 1953 yeah, he's a little bit older than my dad then. So, like, um, a little bit older, but still. But, I, I mean, mean, like, still, people liked Elvis then, and sure. there's nothing wrong with being fat or old or playing in Vegas. I mean, Usher's in Vegas right now. I want to go, you know? Is Usher, <laughs> is Usher not cool? Maybe not. Usher's but in like, Vegas? I like him. Yes. Oh, yeah. he's in Vegas. Yeah, maybe Vegas, Elvis would have right. been more impressive if he had a stripper come out and like clap with her legs upside down. A maybe, great clip, maybe by the way. Maybe I that's highly what, recommend looking at. Wow. It <laughs> Hopefully, he'll be replicating that at his Super Bowl performance. Oh my god! Right? Let's just play this. Yeah, Mary, you Mary, obviously, yeah, why aren't you following Usher on, um, don't you have like an alert set for him? Because I, I do. <laughs> I love He's Usher. He's having a big month. Um, anyway. I think yeah, ever my, since the Kiki drama. Yeah. <laughs> the what? The oh, Kiki yeah. drama. Kiki Palmer drama. All right. Back on topic. Sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, I I'm we're just going to have an Usher podcast. <laughs> to hear... I'm interested to hear what your experience or perception of Usher Elvis was before seeing this movie. <laughs> um, was it Lilo and Stitch movie. only? <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, so as I was saying, my my dad obviously was not an Elvis fan. We were a Beatles household. And so, like, I heard him oh, on the yeah. oldies channel sometimes, but, like, we weren't listening to him in my house. Yeah, I think I had pretty, like, a pretty much the same experience although like my mom does like love elvis and thinks he's like very sexy um mm -hmm. she was born in 1948 so you know yeah. that was like the yep she's older than my dad too yeah the <laughs> era this is a game it's like who's older than my dad here yes <laughs> range of um, boomers <laughs> <laughs> yeah so she uh Definitely liked Elvis, but it wasn't something we were listening to. On the opposite end of the spectrum, my dad, he definitely was not, like, into Elvis. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think like, most of my understanding of Elvis came from, like, pop culture and... Such as... Such as Lilo and Stitch. Lilo and Stitch. Okay, um, Jacob Alordi, laughing at him. You're the same. <laughs> okay, I had, like, heard Elvis's songs. I think also, like, again... Like, he grew up in Australia. I think growing up in America, like, Elvis is mm -hmm. a part of our, like, pop culture lexicon mm -hmm. in a way of, like, you cannot, like, grow up. At least, I don't know if, like, I mean, I guess they are because currently I'm like, do Gen Z, would Gen Z people know about Elvis? Well, yes, they would because of all of these movies about Elvis. So They don't even know about NSYNC, though, so. That's true. They don't even know um, about the Spice Girls. I'll tell you that. That's very sad to me. Um, I tried to make that to become one like daylight saving time joke thing to a Gen Zer, and she had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. When we were <laughs> at your um, uh, 
karaoke party, it, me, you, and Sally were the only people there who knew all the words to the Spice Girls. I was like, what's going on here? And none of all those people were Gen Z, so I, know. I don't know. Broken Disrespect. people. Anyway, Disrespect. yeah. And what about you and Elvis? Um, I would say I'm similar to you, Kelly and Emily. My parents were born in 61. So mm. they're, Youth. they were, yeah, we listened to like the Beatles, like one album a lot. Like I remember that. And like, I'm sure I heard Elvis, but it was never, we listened to classic rock, but that was like never on the rotation. I feel like I always yeah. just knew Elvis as like, he's kind of like a part of pop culture. That's just like, there like Mm -hmm. in the same way like michael jackson is and also similar people but i guess we'll get to that (laughs) um just the idea of like he's kind of became so famous he became like like a cartoon of himself like a caricature of himself and i'm like much more familiar with like that part of elvis like Mm -hmm. peanut butter and banana fried sandwiches Mm-hmm. Um and dying on a toilet is is the extent of my knowledge. And then yeah. I think in the early two thousands there was like a, a a little less conversation. I remember there was like a new music yeah. video and it was like a re revamp or I don't know. It was everywhere. But I remember also learning about his relationship with Priscilla. Probably like when I was in high school. I remember learning at the time when we were all obsessed with learning about like which famous male figures actually dated teenagers um, or Did like I hear him. Yes. I heard that. Or like sorry, their cousin ahead. or whatever. Um, like Edgar Allan Poe. And it's like, he was, you were thinking that cousin. in high school. Yeah. <laughs> were you thinking who dated teenagers? Like to be like, ew, gross. Or like, see, it's fine. <laughs> It was, it was, ew, gross. But it wasn't like, that's like deeply troubling and horrible. It was like, uh, like that old man, like that kind of vibe and not really considering like the implications. Oh, that's a crime. Right. (laughs) Right. Hmm. Um, Well, anyway, the way that I found out that Priscilla was so fucking young is as a child, I watched the Naked Gun movies and my parents were like, that is Elvis's wife. And I was like, as a child, I was like, Elvis is like 500 years old and plays on the oldies channel. And she looks to be young and like still What's in her prime. So I'm like very confused about how time works. And that's, that's how I learned. You're not. She was just very I'm not confused. I'm, she was. Or maybe Elvis was. We'll talk about that. Um, I also, I can't go on without saying we too were a Beatles household and I much preferred listening to the Beatles over Elvis. Elvis threw a little Beatles joke in this movie, by the way. I caught it. I heard it. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I put it in my pocket. We also can't ignore that this isn't just a movie about Priscilla and a movie about Elvis. This is a Sofia Coppola movie. Um, Big up star. One of us here in this Google Meet has done an entire art series of Sofia Coppola. Wait, who? No, I'm just kidding. It's me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have. I'm a big fan of Sofia Coppola. Yeah. 
I have those um, arts up in my living room. So yeah, this was a project I did in college. I can link to it in the yeah, on my website. Um, yeah. I would I would argue we're speaking about this movie because of Sofia Coppola and not because of Elvis. Oh, for sure, oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. We did what? not cover Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. We sure did, podcast. but I I will. I am a big. Baz Luhrmann fan and Moulin Rouge is my favorite movie of all time so I definitely yeah. did go see it. I saw it after I saw it not in theaters. Um, Tom Hanks should be arrested <laughs> for that performance. I I think yes. Austin Butler was great. He was. So. And like the movie as a whole was not bad. It just mm-hmm. was kind of a mess. Um, there were good parts. But there was also a lot of Tom Hanks. But do you yeah. know what it didn't have? Priscilla. Sophia Coppola. Sophia? <laughs> yeah. It didn't have Sophia. This uh, is and it had talk, like five minutes of Priscilla. Let us talk yeah. about what we like about Sophia Coppola's work and how this film continues some of the themes she likes to focus on. Or not. She has just, she has just mastered the art of capturing that emotion of being a lost young white girl. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's really like, she has done some work outside of that mm-hmm. vaguely, but I feel like lost young, lonely white girl is like really her. Like sweet spot. Sweet spot. And as someone who was a lost, lonely young white girl, like I can't help, but like, feel that resonate somewhere like deep yeah. in my soul you know yes yeah. so and to me and we can talk about this but like this was very like if we're looking at her work this was very I feel like on the Marie Antoinette type level not just because it was a biopic but just like the vibes in general were very it felt like Marie Antoinette's cousin yeah. to me yeah. But what do you guys think? Um, I think also, yeah, the the kind of Marie Antoinette being pushed into this like public role sort of vibe that Priscilla has as well and like taking on like this massive amount of attention but also feeling like you're lonely Isolate. in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, I think like we we also just have to talk about when it comes to Sofia Coppola, the aesthetics of her movies, um, which some people read as a glamorization of some of the dark topics that her movies cover, like the virgin suicides, for example. Um, personally, I just think that people who think that her movies are glamorizing these things just because they're pretty are stupid and don't know how to watch yeah. stuff. But you heard um, it here, if you don't like Sofia Coppola, you're stupid. I'm not you're saying not if you don't like it. Humor. I'm saying if yeah. you I mean, like, can't, if you think that yeah, no, what know. she is communicating is like, this is a cool and good thing because it looks pretty. Yeah. Then you are not actually engaging with the content of. Well, there the... are plenty of movies that do that. Yes, like make horrific things look beautiful. 
Yeah. And I think, I think as we were saying about, you know, being a young girl, I think the aesthetic of her movies is very much this um, girlhood, adolescent, um, something about like the, the beauty of extremely feminine things. Um, I don't know. It's like a, a lot of her movies are like time capsules of like, I don't know. I just think about like the bedrooms and the virgin suicides. And I think about um, the, the little film, just like makeup or clothing or mm-hmm. almost these like tableaus of like, you know, girl stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think. I also connect with it on a really deep level, obviously. Um, Which is not to say that I don't recognize that, like, it is extremely, like, she is very white, and her movies are Mm -hmm. very white. Very white. Um, I mean, yeah, these are, like, movies about white girls, and she has been criticized for ignoring other perspectives. Yeah. And including in like more recently the film the beguiled which is again a film that i really enjoyed but Mm -hmm. it is a remake of a film from the 70s that had an entire black character that she simply cut out from the movie because she was like i don't know how to work with this so i think i'll just get rid of this character which is like not to say that the original like i i haven't watched the original but from what i understood after like reading and stuff like the character in the original was not like you know a good representation of a black character was not like treated well was not Mm -hmm. you know like fully conceptualized as a person etc but this um, could have been an opportunity for her to comment on that mm-hmm. and retell that aspect of it and yes. give that character some more nuance. But it's but easier to not do that. Yeah, I think she kind of <laughs> takes the, the well, it's not really my place to tell those stories angle. But then it's like she's going, she's leaning so far and hard into that that it's impossible to ignore and not question like what is it that scares you so much about engaging with that Mm -hmm. um but yeah overall like i do feel a connection to her films as well yeah i mean the the point about like oh you know the aesthetics and and the the girliness of it i don't think they take away from the film, it's it's kind of like, I mean, so the the films that I that are like coming to mind most immediately, or I haven't seen Marie Antoinette in a while, but you know, between this Bling Ring and Marie Antoinette, like I love beauty, Bling Ring. it's get on, it's so good. It's it's uh, yeah, um, like it's bad and good. <laughs> No, yeah, I think it's really I, good. I like <laughs> editing problems, that's like my main concern. But I think the point of all of them being like, for women, like beauty and fashion is like capital. Like that is like how they're able to like get ahead or function in society mm-hmm. or like keep their standing. 
like, because there are parts of Priscilla's life where she has to look a certain way, or it's very clear that she's going to be, you know, out of the picture. Um, and it kind of reminds me of, you know, the, the idea of like, you know, the joke about diamonds are a girl's best friend, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. the whole song and dance. And like, the reason that women wanted diamonds was because if their husbands left them or they were totally screwed, Mm -hmm. then they had like jewelry to like pawn or like live off of because that was like, you know, we didn't have bank accounts. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that's just kind of like my, uh, what I've kind of noticed about her films. And like, I think she really captures the, like, um, the quietness and like Mm -hmm. anxiety of, of her lead characters, which I think can happen in like men and women, but there's like, yeah, a particular like vulnerability, I think, especially with Priscilla. And she does tend to focus on other than in the bling ring. She tends to focus on characters who are more like internal and soft-spoken and um, Mm -hmm. who, cause like we, we mentioned Greta, Gerwig earlier that is not the type of character that Greta Gerwig focuses mm-hmm. on but like Sofia Coppola would never be making a movie about Barbie a movie. ladyberg 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 oh Sofia Coppola's Barbie it would be <laughs> Sofia Coppola's Barbie so or like Sofia Coppola's ladybird like you can't have a character like that in a Sofia Coppola movie the things just don't like go if together if Sofia Coppola yeah. had done little women it would have been about Beth oh yes (laughs) that's real yes (laughs) the camera panning in on beth at like every dinner conversation getting sadder and sadder every time yeah weekly coughing (laughs) i do think sophia coppola is uniquely equipped to sort of tell this story with the dreaminess of her film style. Because for some time, it probably did feel like Priscilla was living it, living the dream. You know, she was dating, question mark, one of uh, the most famous attractive men of her time and she had access to pretty much anything she wanted but then also she was extremely lonely and isolated so like all of the I don't know like all of the aesthetic things like all of the clothes and the little details and the set design in Graceland seem very dreamy and soft focus and you know, stylistic, but then you would have a scene where like Elvis snaps and is like hitting and it snaps you back to reality uh, very quickly. Well, and like, because their relationship started when she is so young and it's so easy to idealize a situation like that without thinking about how actually fucked up it is. Like I was saying when I was in high school, like the thought of like an older guy being into you wasn't like, like, that's like scary and awful. It was like, ew, but it wasn't like, you know, you don't really think about how 
deeply troubling that is well, and i think you don't for see her as a child at that age so like right it's gross because they're old it's not gross because like they're an adult and you're a child right and mm-hmm. like you know it's like it's like the it's like fanfic you know it's like how how often does this actually happen where like a celebrity or a you know extremely coveted like sex symbol plucks some girl Harry out of, Styles sees yeah, you in the crowd. Exactly. Really? Like, plucks some girl out of obscurity <laughs> and like devotes himself to you, quote unquote. Like not actually, but you know, it's such a it's such a teen girl's fantasy that she doesn't initially notice the red flags. And by the time she starts to see the cracks in their relationship, it's too late because she is like isolated mm-hmm. i mean you, to just go back to the um the point about sophia and like her perspective and i think why it was needed um I'm, i can only speak to youtube clips i just watched today <laughs> and kelly i know or i did i don't know if all you guys saw elvis um i'm sure it must have been i'm sure it's much better on a big screen it looked so bad just briefly from these scenes and Tom Hanks sounds insane but what was interesting is I looked up like when he meets Priscilla in that movie and it's just some like voiceover from Tom Hanks going like oh I was worried about the dangers of war but I wasn't ready for the dangers of love and then he needs Priscilla and then it's like them having a conversation in like a bedroom and she's kind of like running the conversation and like seems like a little silly they never say how old she is and he's just sitting on the floor like looking at her in awe and like she looks the actress looks like much more adult as well like the styling does not imply that it's like this is a child she's just like sort of in a schoolgirl outfit and i think like she leans in to kiss him like with like what 16 what 14 year old is leaning into a 24 year old so i i'm sure this was in production even longer but i I wonder what Sofia Coppola, if she saw Elvis, like thought about that scene and was like, I mean, I, I anyone read the book, they're like, how there's, yeah. that's not how it happened. I, I saw Elvis and I do think that they bring attention to the fact that she's younger. I mean, she's definitely like a schoolgirl, like living at home when he goes to visit her. And like, so I don't think, I mean, I don't think they shy away from that entirely, but they're definitely not like, there's a problem with this. They're just kind of like, oh, also she was a teenager and she was living at home. And yeah. Also, yeah. I haven't seen Elvis. Is the whole thing from Colonel Tom Parker's perspective? I don't well, know. Honestly, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. And I did watch yeah. I did watch it. <laughs> but again, it was such a just like narratively it's kind of all over yes. the place and Boz Lerman like has some great movies but he has a sure. you know a erratic style erratic <laughs> frenetic style yeah. that sometimes works in his favor and other times makes you feel like you are having a, an aneurysm while you're watching movies. so <laughs> yeah it, def- it definitely did not like it's a it's a lo- I feel like it's a it's long, long movie and it doesn't slow down at all it's no. like very like it's like, you know, that scene in Moulin Rouge in the mm-hmm. beginning yes. where Christian goes to 
to the Moulin Rouge for the first time and everyone's like dancing and everything's moving around all at once. It's like that, like the whole movie. That sounds exhausting. It is very exhausting. <laughs> and it's like, I barely remember any of Priscilla in the movie. I certainly don't remember there being any, you know, um, it, it, they did not show his abusive behavior no. towards her mm-hmm. at all. At all. No. No. Not that I remember. Again, it was a bit of a fever dream. Well, let's so, talk about yeah. the relationship. Yeah. Because from I, the first moment, I just have questions. And I don't know if the questions <laughs> could be answered by it was the time period. And I just... And there's no need for me to say, like, oh, I can't suspend my disbelief, because this is what actually happened. Right. It's hard Mm -hmm. for me to understand a parent first letting their child go to these really late-at-night parties on a much older man's... at at a much older man's house. But then it's nearly impossible for me to understand why you would let your teenage daughter go live in another country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it was a lot of it was on that one dude who was like, I am also in the military and thus have authority of some kind. And you can trust me. Mm-hmm. To her dad, who is also a military person. But, like, but, a bunch of adult military men being like, you can trust me with your child daughter does not instill confidence. Yeah, I mean, not to the normal human brain, but also... Right. Who yeah. knows how many... I think there's think- also this... Oh, go ahead. No, that's all. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, I think it's also the seduction of fame and like Mm -hmm. the the elvis of it all is kind Mm -hmm. of undeniable like i'm sure they would also i wouldn't be surprised if like a teenager was dating like a 24 year old in that time but the parents would probably be like hesitant to like yeah have them like move in together until she was 18 or something but i think like uh, again this was i was like I looking up different videos and actually like Michael Jackson's like victims, like a video of them mm-hmm. came up and they were talking about how their parents were seduced as well. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you're brought in this person shining a light on you. They're the most famous person in the world. And then if this most famous person in the world is like telling you like, Oh, your son's so talented or like, you know, your kid's so amazing. Like you're not looking at the red flags. So I, I think like yeah. it's you know it still happens. So I mm-hmm. um and and I think they were probably also like with moving there like she'll probably just run away because <laughs> she was just so like <laughs> I have to hated being there yeah, also like, like from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, she hated being there. You're right. Like they they recognize that like if we tell her no, like what's going to happen? Like, is she going to pull away from us regardless? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Parenthood, man. Sounds tough. Yeah. Also, Don't just let your kids near Elvis. teenager she is when she's like, Don't ruin my life to her. <laughs> <parents>. <laughs> and, and I mean, really, 
And I'm not blaming her parents because that's it seems like a hard spot to be in. Yeah, I mean, in a little. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would blame, blame them. a little bit. But, yeah, but there's yeah. also like a power dynamic yeah. there. Yeah. But once she does move to America with Elvis, ostensibly staying at Graceland and having a separate a separate room and you know every a lot of people live at Graceland, but also she totally didn't have a separate room and yeah, just stayed with Elvis in his room. Also, the fact that his, like, his dad, his grandmother, all these, all these other adults in the situation, mm -hmm. nobody seemed to question that this was weird or wrong. Well, it feels, it feels like the situation was that Elvis was a man child who had never been told no. He was surrounded by yes men. At mm-hmm. every turn, all the like his whole entourage, the guys in his band, his dad to some extent, everyone just constantly gassed him up. And so, the second someone offered any resistance to that, he'd fly off the handle. So, like, mm-hmm. there very well could be a moment where someone said, Hey, Elvis, maybe you shouldn't do this. It is kind of weird. And he just kind of threw a fit until he got his way. Cause that seemed to be the case. Yeah. With everything with Priscilla. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many weird things in the relationship. And every time you're like, okay, well I can excuse this weird thing. The next thing's weirder. So I feel like I should speak to this because this, I've like had a similar experience to this. Um, and I, I feel like, I don't know, like, I'm maybe, I can't speak to how you guys feel about it, obviously, but, like, I feel like I probably had, like, pretty um, positive feelings about this movie overall, in part because, like, as somebody who was in an abusive relationship, I think it's really important for these kinds of stories to be, like, accurately told, um, because I I still think, like, in the public consciousness, there's not a lot of, like, understanding about, like, how abusive relationships work, and especially, like, how it works up to abuse, because it never starts with abuse, right? Um, And so, like, it's always, it's always, like, very emotional for me to see that accurately portrayed, because I see so many things in it where I'm like, yep, that happened to me right um and uh it's hard but i think it's also um not only is it helpful i think for people to see that who haven't been through it just so that they can understand it more i think it's really helpful for people who have been through it to see it because like when you have been through an experience like that you are gaslit so much into thinking that like what's going on in your relationship is normal and this is how relationships are and like especially like this like I was in an abusive relationship from when I was 13 to when I was 18. So kind of similar, like I was really young, had never ha- had never had a real relationship before. Like obviously I had like boyfriends, I guess, but in the way you have boyfriends in middle school, like not like real boyfriends. <laughs> um, 
So like, I just kind of was gaslit into believing that this is the way that relationships work. And so like, to see something like this come out, where it's like, no, like this was this wasn't okay. And it's not okay. It's like, I don't know, it's just really helpful to hear because like, even like years later, in the back of your head, you can't help but think like, I don't know, like, what did I do wrong in that situation? Because you've spent so much of, you spent so many years of your life being told that it was all your fault. Um, sorry. No, <laughs> really hard I apologize. Talk about. Um, but I mean, like, the things, like, I, I don't know, like, just isolating her, taking her away from her family, making sure she didn't have mm-hmm. any friendships, um, saying things to her, like, do you know how many other people would love to be with me? Um, making her feel like she couldn't have anything better, telling her how to dress, um, not allowing her to have jobs. Um, all of that stuff, like very, like I can like very specifically relate to it. And, um, I think a lot of people who have been through that, like, it's so crazy how like textbook some of it is like, it's Mm -hmm. like, do these people like all read the same how to of like how to like get people <laughs> like shit bag? Yeah, like it's like how are they how are all these people doing like the exact same shit? It's so wild like how much of it is like oh my god that that exact thing happened to me. But it, I don't know. I, I I feel like um that was all like very accurate to my experience. Um and I've only seen abusive relationships portrayed accurate accurately like a handful of times like I don't feel like we often get the nuance of it it's complicated you know Mm -hmm. um and so I don't know I just I just wanted to say like I feel like stories like this are really important and I think this movie does a good job of showing that so it's it's also easy to sit here on the outside of that relationship and you know like 60 70 years later and be like wow why did no one realize right but it's first of all with priscilla like and with you emily when you're when you're that young like how do you know how do you know what a relationship is or is supposed to look like And I think there's so much of it before there's so much of it that comes down to like, there's so many scenes of him like yelling at her, yelling at her, yelling at her until like she got really worked up and Mm -hmm. she felt out of control. And then suddenly it was like, Oh, well like you're the one who's like all emotional and out of control and blah, 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 blah. Right. I cannot tell you how many times that happens and like how like, out of control you start to feel like it does really have you questioning like oh maybe i am the one who's like being like maybe everything he's saying is reasonable and i'm the one who's just like not managing my emotions right like even though he just threw something at me you know um it's it's the um the amount of like emotional manipulation that goes into it that's why i'm like are they all taking the same class together Mm -hmm. like (laughs) like the correspondence just, course yeah yeah it's very it's in that numerology book yeah. is reading yeah <laughs> even worse to me 
was in scenes where he would berate Priscilla or criticize her to the point where she would get upset and then he would laugh at it because he thought mm-hmm. it was cute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like when he is telling her, oh no, you can't wear a pattern. You're too small. Mm-hmm. Or you yep. can't wear this. You can't wear that color. And she wears a dress she likes a lot. And he's like, you can't wear that. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then he's just like, oh, yeah. so cute. Yeah. I that think, is yeah, infuriating. Yeah. Him being like, your your anger and your emotions are not valid. Like, mm-hmm. Which is what people just say to like teenagers anyway. But usually mm-hmm. it's yeah. like not a like almost 30 year old partner yeah i yeah. i think yeah the the age gap definitely feels you know i i think that it's definitely part of the control because like i think she did sophia did a good job of kind of showing that um i'm like trying not to lose my train of thought Take your time. I can edit it later. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, She did a good job of showing that he liked her because she was so young and because Mm -hmm. she was so inexperienced, like down to the point where he had this like code of ethics where he was like, you know, kept this, you know, young girl like in his room with him. And was, like, giving her drugs, but she didn't think anything of. But, like, he couldn't, you know, they couldn't sleep together. Yeah. yeah, because then that would be too far. For years. The line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for years. But then, like, you know, also taking her out to Vegas at night when she had to go to school the next morning. Um, so just, just the idea that um, she's so inexperienced and just going to go along with it. And, and the fact that he brushes aside, like brushes her aside, essentially, like once she gets pregnant and like after Mm -hmm. the fact, like he's not really interested in her because she's, she's not this like fresh, like young thing anymore. Like he wants that kind of person to mold. Um, Another interview I watched was like Priscilla. It's also strange to watch Priscilla in the 80s and even today she refers to him as as like the love of her life yes um still and and she said she even said to barbara walters which you know always a hilarious interview with barbara because she's just says <laughs> out of pocket shit to mm-hmm. people. but she says yeah no he probably didn't want to date i mean like what other 24 year old woman would want to date him you know he's out in vegas all night with his friends so it was easy to take me out but she's saying this like a kind of like matter of fact thing and not like that was like the point that's like why he did it but she's just kind of like yeah you know it is what it is yeah other older women probably didn't want to date him so i guess that is why he dated me and you're like and you're so close but also (laughs) like you know at, at her age and like this point in her life like it's also so strange too because you know spoilers for the ending she leaves graceland but like her whole life is still Elvis, mm-hmm. you know, she wrote the book. She became like the person who um, was in charge of Graceland and like mm-hmm. keeping it going. And it's just like this weird 
horrible thing that she's like forever tied to it, but also like, you know, she says they still had a good relationship after. It's all yeah, I mean, she says, nasty. like, they were still friends, and they still, I don't want to say co-parenting, because I don't think that was the situation, but they still had family interactions and holidays and things like that. It just it seems so complicated in a way I can't fully wrap my head around. Yeah, it's like, it's complicated... I think, especially for her, I yeah. think, like, from an outside perspective, it's very uncomplicated where we can sure. say, like, fuck him, like, pretty confidently, you know? And, like, it's it's also, like, she, she spent a good deal of time, Sophia spent a good deal of time focusing on that, like, very romantic stage of their relationship at the beginning, where even mm-hmm. though watching, you're, like, we have this base knowledge that this is like a super inappropriate situation. Like at the beginning, like Emily, you were saying where things don't start with abuse, like we're seeing, you know, why she would feel special, why Mm -hmm. she would feel, Mm -hmm. you know, deeply attached to him. Like why, why she was so enamored and so in love and, like I, I also think that that is an important thing to show. And even like as their relationship continues and they have these like fights and this horrible, like he is just emotionally abusing and manipulating her in between, they still have these romantic moments and these yeah. experiences that are positive. And like when she gets pregnant and he, you know, he's so excited and like these these beats that continue where it's like she has a horrible experience with him and then he comes back and is like oh yeah this is like the man that I love this is the person that I have given all of my time to and want to spend my life with and it's like constantly fluctuating between those two states because it's not just going to be like a constant barrage of bad like straightforward yeah There's also the dual issue of Priscilla was in a relationship with Elvis when she was so young and he greatly influenced, if not completely influenced, the way she thinks her relationship should work and what's acceptable and not. But then also he was volatile in that he was an addict Mm -hmm. and did not think he was an addict. Yeah. Um, like Elvis did a lot of anti-drug campaigns and stuff because With he didn't Nixon. see he didn't see pills as a drug you could be addicted to because they're prescribed by a doctor. <laughs> Another thing about Elvis, not very smart. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jacob Lord really got that, that across. <laughs> when he said, I'm so sorry, but I just have to say, when he was reading that fucking book and then he said something, I don't I don't know the exact line, but it was something like, I need a woman who who understands that I that I need to read about my philosophies. <laughs> He's like, I'm wearing glasses, you see. My <laughs> philosophies. I did 
turned to Todd when he said that, and Todd was like, philosophy. And then the like the quick cut after he's on the phone to him throwing the books in the fire. <laughs> so good. <laughs> he is just a man from another time, you know. Wild. I I don't know. It is You were talking about the addiction and then I had to interrupt yeah. with oh, yeah. the um, yeah, that's what you're talking philosophies. About. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the movie did a good job of showing similarly to the abuse how that can kind yes. of sneak up because the first time you see it, he's like, "Oh, you know, we get this. <laughs> we get this at war. Um, we get this in the military because they just basically gave soldiers mess to like keep them yeah. awake. So you know, it starts off like that, and then like she's taking them to like go to school and things like that, and yeah, the way it just it builds mm-hmm. and builds until you don't really think twice about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone around him did, but you know, man child. I love also, there's a scene in the movie where they do LSD. And in the book, they go into detail. Priscilla goes into detail a little bit more about it. And she said they did LSD and it was beautiful and a spiritual experience, but they decided that they could never do it again because it was too powerful. I kind of felt like that scene was unnecessary, but that might also be because I've seen um, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. And like, that's one of those, it's a movie that has ruined every biopic for me in the best way, but Mm -hmm. they like do the same. He does LSD with the Beatles. So it's a little different, but like, there wasn't much to that scene. Yeah. But I think, I think that that's another example of one of the scenes of like a, a good time that they had together amongst. Was intimate. Yeah. yeah. And if it, it, yeah, bonded them further. Um, as like silly as scenes like that are. This is also terrible of me. But I found myself wishing that Priscilla wrote more like a Bravo Liberty. You want um, her to, to dip. I want the sex details. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know what they were doing when Elvis said they couldn't have sex. And he said, we can do other we things. We can do other things. Because she Blow says, jobs, Mary, blowjobs. Yeah. yeah, but I'm like... And like, was he doing anything for her? That's Probably what I not. Probably she not. Said, she says in the book He was just that- dancing next to her, doing the like, little hip <laughs> dance. Just helicoptering. Yeah. <laughs> she Gyrating. says in the book that like their love making was passionate, and that's before they had sex. And so I was like, what kind of love making were y'all? They were dry humping, getting neck to your underwear on, pity sucking. I don't know. Yes, yes, and probably all of the above. I'm sure there's fanfic about it, Mary. But I feel I like he wasn't going down on her. I'm just gonna. Yeah. Probably. It's all a lot. Um, Something I found particularly interesting, and they talk about this in the movie a little bit, and it's even even worse in the book, and I just can't get out of here without saying something about it, is 
there is a huge emphasis on how tiny and small, small girl mm-hmm. Priscilla is about how petite she is and how she's so skinny to the point that she basically has an eating disorder while she's pregnant because mm-hmm. she doesn't want to gain any weight and she is thinner and weighs less after she's pregnant than when she's pregnant. Or like before she's pregnant. Before, like she yeah. loses mm-hmm. weight while she's pregnant, which is not yeah. good. I mean, they had her hop on the scale in the movie, and I was like, 130 pounds. I know, I, la- I laughed aloud. <laughs> yeah. They didn't really do anything with it. I wonder if there was like a cut scene where he was like, that's too heavy or something. Because it, yeah. it was... Also, not that I, I need her going. Oh no! Look at that one thirty, like right after. But. Yeah, I think we, I think we got the look in her eye. Also, I looked it up, and Jacob Alordi is six foot five. Yes, yes, tall. So that's five inches taller than Elvis actually was. But I'm sure that was on purpose to make her look even teensier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and because I think she very teensy next to him. She does, and I think I know. um Sofia Coppola like when in some interviews talking about Jacob Elordi and she was like as soon she like met him in person mm-hmm. like during the casting process and she was like he walked into the room and I knew because he's like a giant and he mm-hmm. has this like commanding presence mm-hmm. about him just from being that tall yeah. um, it's good to see that he's going to be in some movies because I saw a trailer for another movie he's going to be in and I'm saying Salt that because burn. I yeah, and I'm saying that because I feel like Euphoria is not going to do very well in this next season. That is my prediction. Yeah, I don't think so either. And he's clearly very talented. And, yes. you know, he's going to be a career outside of Euphoria, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and out. he's definitely getting it. So yeah. I have not seen Euphoria. Don't. So, oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, it only say, gets worse as it goes along. So I know the yeah. parts I need to know. You yeah. know? Is this play about us? Yeah, the play, honestly, that's a fun episode. The memes about it was not for me at all. I, I hated say, I hated all the theater stuff. There is another face in this movie that is familiar, Kaylee Spaney. From yeah, Devs. We have from Devs. Devs before. She was just playing a weird little weird little guy. In a weird little guy. What a turn. Yeah. What a turn. It's so interesting because she's so hyper feminine in this movie. I know. Yeah. And so androgynous. Well, and I dead. didn't know. I was like, who is this? I've never heard of this person. You have. You just didn't know. Yes. And good for her because she was wonderful. She was great. Yeah, I think it's and nice I saw- to play a movie like this be the you know lead name like be a famous name and this is the first thing I've seen her in I haven't watched it and I thought she carried it well I saw uh, uh, some comments on Twitter also that I didn't even really think about but the fact that she plays like so it's so convincingly like a 15 year old all the way mm-hmm. through an adult woman. And it never at any point feels like she's 14, 14. It's 14. Yes. Fourteen. I just need to stress that because yeah. 14 is so much younger than 15. Yes. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It just is. Nine. I was just thinking of how old I was in the ninth grade. Um, yeah. But she, uh, so like, she doesn't ever, it doesn't ever feel like she's playing dress up as a certain age. No, you no, know? no, no. 
I think also, how do I say this? What's a good way to say this? All right. I'll just say it how I experienced. When the movie started and she started talking, I was like, oh, because like her vocal inflection in this movie was just like so different from Deb's. Yeah. yeah. Like she really was able to like make herself seem younger just by like taking on this voice. And it wasn't yeah. done in a way that was like over the top, like maybe someone like Tom Hanks was in his movie. <laughs> Like, I'm just, I'm just saying like, she was able to do like a voice for Priscilla without making it like, oh, she's doing yeah. a voice. Like if you'd never it's, seen yeah. her, in it, she'd be like, that's mm-hmm. just how she talks. Yeah. It's a really subtle performance. Um, and I always admire that. And especially, yeah, being like the lead and having to carry these like emotional moments and things like that. She never, she never overacts, you know? No. She's acting, but she's not yes. overacting. She's acting her little heart out. Her <laughs> tiny little heart. Her little tiny itsy tiny little girl. Little baby little baby girl heart. So tiny. Uh I would love to talk about the discourse around this discourse. film. Um so Priscilla was involved. Yes. She was an executive producer and she has a writing credit. I don't know if she has a writing credit because she wrote the book or what. I mean, they took um, some dialogue directly from her book. So. Oh, so much dialogue. And yeah. she probably got to like movie. go over the script and give notes at some point, I would yeah. assume. Um, yeah. Priscilla said that Sofia Coppola's depiction of her was, quote, right on. And this was at Venice Film Festival, I think. Yeah. I got it from an article in People, but like millions of places were reporting the same thing. And I will link to the People article I read. But Priscilla said, I love her filmmaking. I think she does a great job. She is for women. And when she approached me about doing a movie about me, I was moved by it. When you, I'm so sorry, but when you just said that she is for women, I thought, Four. four women in a trench coat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's four women. They're all white. Don't worry about it. Yeah. If, if anyone, even more Coppolas. Yes. And they're all in a trench coat. If anyone were to do a movie, it would be for her. I would never support another movie from anyone else doing it. I wonder if people did pitch it for you. Because I was surprised I'm sure. that came out in 85. Oh my god, I would love for Sofia Coppola to do a movie about me. I would be so beautiful in it. Yeah. You know? Um, but on the complete flip side, Lisa Marie, who unfortunately passed away earlier this year, Lisa Marie was totally against the film, said it was vengeful. She said, and this is I got this from an article in Variety, which I'll also link to. Lisa Marie said, quote, I'm worried that my mother isn't seeing the nuance here or realizing the way in which Elvis will be perceived when this movie comes out. Did this bitch not read her mom's book? This is what I want to say. I'm sorry. Yes. I feel protective over my mother who has spent her whole life elevating my father's legacy. I'm worried she doesn't understand the intentions behind this film or the outcome it will have. And even more interesting... She said, I would think of this is in an email to Sophia um, after Lisa Marie had gone over the film 
or the script. I would think of all people that you would understand how this would feel. Miss Coppola. Mm-hmm. It's... Why are you coming for my dad and my family? Girl. Oh, I, I, I girl. hate to speak ill of the dead, but girl. So many things. So many things, girl. First of all, how old were you when your dad died? Like four? Mm-hmm. Maybe your mom knew your dad a little bit better than you did. And maybe she didn't want to say bad things about your dad to you, a four-year-old. But, like, yeah, she wrote the book. And, and there's the book has just, been out for years. Yeah. yeah. There's also just I mean? the plain fact, even without all of the abuse, the plain fact that she was 14, That's an, that should be enough to tell you. Like, I understand this doesn't necessarily make Elvis look good, but the the book is like the movie is word for word from the book. And in fact, mm-hmm. I will say Sophia Coppola toned down things that are in the book. It's restrained, I would say. There's yeah. a whole scene, like the scene where uh, Priscilla is at one of Elvis's sermons where he's just preaching at people and one woman in the crowd is like do you think the woman at the well was a virgin that whole scene mm-hmm. in the book she gets priscilla gets so angry that she decides like this is it and she goes into their bedroom and she takes a bunch of sleeping pills and she thinks i want to look beautiful when they find me and she puts on her lip gloss and she fans her hair out over the bed and she thinks, okay, Elvis is going to be upset. He's going to see that I'm not there and he's going to come looking for me and he's going to find me looking beautiful on all these sleeping pills and he's going to feel regretful. And then nobody ever comes to look for her. And what happened? Does she, she didn't know she was, did she, she die? was so angry that she just didn't ever go to sleep. Wow. She was so angry she fought off. She was too <laughs> angry to die. <laughs> I mean, good for her. I yeah. mean, yeah, I think I think that email it is kind of sad. It, it's the like kind of daughter father relationship thing of like completely ignoring your mom's side of the story, which is what the whole thing is mm-hmm. meant to tell. Like mm-hmm. supposedly she loved the Elvis movie because of course like it's it's you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's Baz Luhrmann. It depicts it as this, like, you know, big, epic kind of journey. And, but, yeah, it, I, again, it seems a lot more complicated because apparently they haven't talked in years. Like, they've been, yeah. they don't have, like, a relationship. Priscilla and Lisa Marie, they didn't for several years. And, like, they didn't even want to be near each other, like, oh. during the press tour for Elvis. Um, and also her son, uh, Lisa Marie's son died, um, by suicide, by suicide. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess must have been like 2020. Yeah. Like not shortly after. So I can imagine why the last thing you want is like, you're kind of dealing with all these hits and then also just like something comes out. And also, supposedly, the version she saw was the initial script and not right. what we eventually saw. But, um, 
yeah. So I, I feel for her, but I also, it, it must be weird to also be in that bubble and to like yeah. see your dad as like this legend. Cause that's what people have also been telling you your whole life. Mm-hmm. And that's how everyone has seen Elvis. And like, I'm sure even like regular fans of his, like you said, like your yeah. dad would not have liked it. So, um, it's just, yeah, it's the le- whole idea of legacy is just very strange and, like what is yeah. and isn't like the right interpretation. Right. I just, this quote specifically really like it rubs me the wrong way that she says, you know, I feel protective over my mother and I don't think she understands as if yeah. like, like, as if Priscilla again, didn't write the book and it wasn't exactly. incredibly involved in this entire process. It's like, she, is a person. Like she, she's not like she's a little old lady who doesn't like, remember. As, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> How old yeah. is Priscilla now? Is she she's in her 80s? 70 something? 78, I think. Wow. 78. I'm going to say 78. Even young if you wanted to argue, so like, she's so older now. Yeah. She read the book in 1985. It was fresh. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. I think she thinks that Sophia's taking her for a ride and her mom doesn't recognize that because she's yeah. got stars in her eyes. Like, oh, oh you know, so someone's oh. telling my story finally and I like it. Where and all Lisa Marie probably saw was like, This says dad hit you. When well he did. Yeah. But I I do think it was still yeah, it's still very fair to Elvis and it still gave him like he doesn't uh, look totally very, bad. Yeah, I mean, the fact that th- I'm really glad they didn't put any, like, fat makeup on or something like that. Like, a suit on Jacob Elordi. They just were yeah. like, he looks a lot sweatier now and his costumes look like, co- they look so bad yeah. and cheap. And I mm-hmm. feel like that was enough to really sell. And the, the bigger the sideburn, Scott, you're like, yes. oh, he's really going downhill so i like the i also leaned over to kelly when they showed the like him in vegas mm-hmm. and, like the white suit i was like that's stitch coming through right yes. <laughs> yeah. the most important that, research that, was that he did really calling upon his research i i was very <laughs> thankful they did not put a fat suit on jacob lordy because i don't think it's necessary and it's honestly it's never a great idea no, to put an actor in a fast completely suit. unnecessary. Brendan, it would have really taken the scenes. Yeah, um, I don't know. We got, like you said, we got the gist. It's fine. Um, yes, that was all. I, also, I can't get around all the size stuff in the book because it was Lisa or not Lisa Marie Priscilla being like, "Oh, I was so tiny, I lost weight." <laughs> and then towards the end, she was like, "Elvis had just gained so much weight; he was yeah. so bloated." And I was like, "Okay, well, like it's it, clearly like she she has from a young age been forced to form like a lot yeah. of her." self-worth around how she looks yeah and and i mean this is Mm -hmm. also something i'm just hyper i recognize i'm just hyper attuned to it because it is like my area of expertise and no i mean i I, yeah Mm -hmm. it is and like you know they certainly put i'm pretty sure they put a fat suit in that part didn't they 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure. And Tom Hanks, who knows what was going on. Oh my god. I feel like um, on the mood board for this episode is just a very close-up picture of Tom Hanks and Elvis. <laughs> I need, I need like, Priscilla in Naked Gun, please. Also, in that yeah. movie, her love interest was like twenty-something years older than her. So we're all assuming I'm making a mood board when I haven't even made a mood board for our last episode. Really getting the hopes up of the listeners who follow us on Twitter. Wow. All right, Mary, what's next? Uh, final thoughts. <laughs> costuming. I really loved the costuming. It was yep. great. It was beautiful. always on point. Yeah. Did you guys have a favorite look of hers? I liked all the close-ups. Every time they showed her nails, mm-hmm. it was just yeah. very satisfying. A lot of Anytime she was like feet. painting her nails. <laughs> what I a feet breathe, here. She, was paint- she was painting her nails on carpet a lot. And I was just like, I would be so nervous that Obviously, like everything in a Sofia Coppola movie is just like perfect. Mm -hmm. But I like if it were me, I would have spilled that nail polish all over that carpet. So that was like an anxiety I had watching that. You can now purchase her little heart locket online Mm -hmm. from A24 for quite a lot of money. But I did really like the heart locket. It's very cute. A recreation of something she wore. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the wedding look. Um, mm-hmm. her eye makeup. The vibe of the yeah. wedding look is very, like, spot on, and like the cut of the dress is what she actually wore. But there was some nice lace detailing that I don't know that the actual dress she wore had. Like it felt right, and it felt like an elevation of an iconic yeah. look that would read better on film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know there's also a Priscilla and Half Magic eye set with um, eyeliner that you can use to to make your perfect Priscilla look? Wouldn't and Half Magic is on A24. Yeah, and Half Magic is the brand from the woman who does the makeup on Euphoria. I'm pretty sure. Oh, just a little connection there. Yes. From that makeup artist, Donnie Davi, I think her name is. Okay, the heart yeah. locket, if you want it, it's $400. Oh, so my God. It. Yeah. But the makeup thing is only $49. It's sold out, actually. Oh, oopsie. So, I'm sorry. Huh? The makeup? Why? Mm-hmm. It's limited edition. You can still get that crew that you wanted, though. So I'm going to be I think I could get a version of this for cheap like that this is all pretty standard stuff yeah what i is? think mo- it's mostly the little Mascara. wing the wing helper that is but they make those yeah that's true also get good do your own wing or get a stamp get good get good i don't think i have the eyes for that kind of wing I don't know. I would have to try it. Uh, any other final thoughts? I really liked it. I gave it five stars on Letterboxd for all I the reasons stated already. Yes. Didn't do Letterboxd. But it. I didn't enjoy... Like I, I think it was really good. I'm not going to be watching this on a Sunday afternoon for like fun. 
I might. I don't. I don't rate movies based on that, but yeah. also I also watch sad movies over and over again all the time. Yeah. I am a I definitely will be watching it again. Sad girl. Point. Um, yeah. yeah. And I gave it four stars, but like I like it more, I think, the more I think about it. Yeah. Mm. How would you guys rank it amongst like both biopics and uh like amongst like Sophia's movies i think marie antoinette is like probably my favorite biopic of all time Mm -hmm. um so stacked against that one it's probably below marie antoinette for me um but still very high in terms of biopics which isn't saying much because i don't think biopics are normally very good yeah i haven't seen marie antoinette in so long that it's hard for me to remember details. But I liked it. I think it's definitely better than many most. biopics. Yeah. Most biopics. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, I haven't seen every biopic ever, but often when I do, I come out feeling disappointed. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Especially because this doesn't it doesn't attempt to cover her entire life, which I also yeah. appreciate. Yeah. I I tend to prefer when a biopic focuses on a specific time period. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. It sort of has a thesis statement rather than just being like here is the chronological story of this person's life mm, from right. Cuz this doesn't a biopic so much as like the story of a relationship mm-hmm. of like her experience oh, and her me. exactly yeah yeah i think biopics are better when they focus on like a significant era of like a person's life mm-hmm. rather than yeah. stretch across i mean at least the quiet ones like i uh the only ones coming to mind chadwick boseman was like in several like mm-hmm. uh, about a yeah. decade ago um, and the James Brown one, like another complicated figure where they just kind of glaze over abuse. Um, it's it's very kind of like a, a bit fantastical. Like he talks to the camera. And I also really mm-hmm. love uh, Rocket Man, which is just like basically built for the stage. It, it's very fantastical. But yeah, it's it's completely different in terms of tone. And I think, like, for a quiet biopic, this was, like, very effective. It makes me want to know more about Priscilla, which I feel is yeah. a really good outcome of biopics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as amongst Sophia's work, I would, like, rank it pretty high. I think mm-hmm. I'm always, like, I think The Virgin Suicides is my favorite of hers, but I also have a bias because I love that book so much. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's a pretty good adaptation but um the virgin suicides the book was like made to be a sofia coppola movie yes mm-hmm. yes um she perfectly captures the atmosphere of that book which is like, like the thing about that book that makes it so special mm-hmm. um the tone um so yeah i i would rank it above like you know i think some of her more like like I think somewhere is like pretty low on my list of. I would her I would like to say the worst Sofia Coppola movie is probably the Bill Murray Christmas Special. 
Yeah. yeah, nobody watched that. I watched most of it, and then I was like, I, I cannot. You're like, well, <laughs> no one's going to hold this against me. <laughs> yeah. And the other Bill Murray Christmas special, which is On the Rocks, which I also did not watch. Um, oh, I watched that. Yeah, that was better than the Bill Murray Christmas special. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I have seen every Sofia Coppola thing. That there that's is. the only I, one I, I haven't because Christmas special was that really a movie you know yeah I mm. haven't seen that and I haven't seen on the rocks but I've seen everything else yeah I really wish oh, she had because that would have been really cool um yeah, I was just we gonna say a black mermaid that um <laughs> no. I do think that it says a lot that I DNF'd um Sophia Coppola movie starring Bill Murray like it has to be really bad for me to do that because yeah. That's like me written all over it, but mm-hmm. I cannot do it. Mm-hmm. So. I do personally want to shout out her work in what we do in the shadows. <laughs> one single episode. She's, she's, she's on, on it, remember? She has a yeah. Yeah. Nadia's club. Yeah. That was so funny. Wow, because I was I remember not realizing that was her and then Ty was like that's actually (laughs) yeah yeah um perfect wait and you didn't rate the movie oh I didn't rate it either oh oh, we always rank them um I feel like we should like half of us did it so you guys should do it yeah come on um I would do four I I think I I think I gave it a solid four yeah where you know it wasn't like I walked out of it being like, wow, but I was like very happy with it. And I think it really stuck the landing. Yes. Oh, yeah. And say that thing about the song that you told me. Oh, I also just heard this from another podcast. But apparently, um, because it ends with I Will Always Love You, the original Dolly Parton version, um, uh, apparently... Um, Elvis wanted that song like he wanted to cover Ooh. it and Dolly was like very close to like signing over the contract Um, and then kind of learned that like half the royalties like for all time would go to him and she was ah. just like then it won't be mine or like I think he was just too big a name and she wasn't and ready Whitney to like, give it to him <laughs> right but she was like well then it's Whitney so never mind like yes no, to it's her totally Whitney's. <laughs> But I think it's it's kind of great that like it, it's a good it is, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. it's very deliberate from Sophia to be like, this is something you can't have. Well, yeah. your wife, a person you can't have anymore, is mm-hmm. like leaving for good. Wow. Anyway, great song. It is a great song. Love I Dolly. Kind of where's where's along, the Dolly biopic? I'm sure it's coming. Oh yeah. yeah. Not while she's alive, I bet. Well, then let's not hope for it too soon. No, 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 no. Also, apparently Elvis sang I Will Always Love You to Priscilla when they got divorced, to which I say, if you start singing to me when I ask you for a divorce, <laughs> I will gonna divorce get divorced you even faster. Yeah. <laughs> We have one piece of listener feedback. Do we have time? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. It Let's is do it. From 
Todd, my husband. Oh, yes. Okay. Todd says, Todd, hey, husband. squad. Love your up with Clay McLeod Chapman. Just wanted to add my two cents on what Josiah saw. <laughs> oh, God. Besides all the things that you mentioned, unnecessary racism and unlikable characters. A leprechaun. That took me out of the story was not feeling like it took place in a real place. I could never get a handle on where the family farm was supposed to be, which made all the talk around selling the farm feel weightless. Yeah. Yes. Good point, Todd. Good point, Todd. Of course, we get listener feedback from Mary's husband because he's probably the only other person who has watched this movie. Yeah, he. I was like, (laughs) I made you watch this, so like, get something out of it. We got. Right. Something out of this. It was so (laughs) bad. Sorry. Uh, That was rough. It was a Um, fun episode, though. It was a fun episode. Clay is always a delight. You should totally go back and listen to it because Clay is awesome. And we also talk about his book. And yeah, we had a fun conversation. Any old time. And you're also awesome. That was not to downplay your contributions to this particular episode or any episode before. Yeah, Andrew's also welcome back anytime. Absolutely. What's on the blog? Look. Question mark. Things have begun. Things have yeah. Things, things are, are brewing. brewing. But we say hey. it every time. So like I don't even really feel look, we're not making any promises. Just check the website regularly, hit refresh, maybe something will pop up. <laughs> but I wouldn't count on it. Uh our next book episode is Camp Damascus, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Camp Damascus by Chuck Tingle. I'm so excited about it. This is my I started pick. reading it. I read the first chapter and I was like, wow, so much more religious tra- religious trauma than I anticipated. <laughs> it's that's the that's the whole thing, I think. Yeah. Um also I will say that I've I'm about probably about an hour into the audiobook, and he has used the word tingle three times. Good. So I've started a tingle counter and I will be counting the number of tingles and Good. I will report back on our episode. Good. I'm excited to hear the results. They tingle um, again. Tingle. Our next other episode is the only one left. Yes. Um, I don't know if Susan wants to join us for that one. We should ask her because, like, if she does, maybe we could. Is she leading it? Is that the idea? Um, We didn't put her. Is this Riley Sager? Yeah. Yes, it sure is. I think Jace is going to join us for this one, too. It's our our yearly hate episode, I guess. Jace. Oh, nice. Oh, no, she's going to probably like it. I know that's why we wanted to invite her so we could shit on something she likes (laughs) all over again and have her on the episode this time. Um, so yeah that's gonna be fun I think great Um, you can write us listener feedback on this episode or any other episode at the squad at booksquadgoals.com our website is booksquadgoals.com that's where you can find our blog that doesn't have anything new on it Um, you can follow us at booksquadgoals on Instagram Twitter Facebook and Blue Sky Um, (laughs) if you are so inclined it would be really wonderful if you gave us a rating and review on apple podcasts because that 
is important for us finding new listeners. And as we recently learned, you can also give us a rating on Spotify. And that's even easier because you can't even type anything. So all you have to do is just hit the five star button. It's so easy. Um, Additionally, we have a Patreon now. You can subscribe. You can get pet pictures. I just sent out a new batch of pet pictures today. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's a real benefit that you get for $3 a month. Um, We would love it if you... The pets take requests. They do. If you have anything you'd like to see, let us know, and we'll take it up with the cats and the dogs. Um, Ange, do you have anything you want to plug? Um... I got, mm, I don't know, not really, honestly. Just watch Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, because it's really oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's it. Is that it? That's it. That's did it. You, did, did, we, did we do everything? We did all the things? I we think so. Okay, well, I gotta go. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks yeah, for thanks for here. coming. Thank so you. Good to see yeah. you. I love you. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kelly, I love you too. I'm not talking to you. Oh, <laughs> Mary, I love you. Mm, I love you too. <laughs> love you guys. Love every one of you. Same. Okay, bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.